Hey, there it is. We're recording can now. You, now can we're, you we're get varicose veins in your dick? Like, is that like I, a, you can get those anywhere? I, is, and it's I just normal. Imagine like? that there's not a reason that that's you a horrifying. But at question. the same time, like, fuck. I mean, that's horrifying. I I would rather die. I'm, I'm oh, putting Jesus, this out. Okay. Now, <laughs> I don't want varicose penis. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it doesn't not sound horrible. Dude, dude got that varicose dick. <laughs> is that just like ver- somebody ver- that's dick. in? Is that just somebody that's into like gilfs? Oh, like God. which is fine. Uh, Do whatever you want, uh, but. Uh, an expert in geriatric gyration no (laughs) hey you want to go back to my room and break a hip takes five steps (laughs) who are you why are you following me (laughs) i made myself sad Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people. Only if you like dark humor. All walks of life, people from all shadow spawn, uh, creatures from all creepy crawlies of life. We here at the Black Tower podcast welcome you because we dispense our taints uh, without bias. Uh, we we love all of you equally and want all of you to receive the taint and so uh line up a single file as uh as the black tower podcast dispenses uh the appropriate amount of your weekly dose of taint this year from all of us here i am josh your sorovan mahal i am andrew your uh by john mahal the bees don't roll as well by john and I am Daniel, your Amon Khan Mahal. And one thing that I want to say is uh, I think Andrew's in the right place because you know what the what's the similarity between dark humor and kids in the Make Wish Foundation? Oh, 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 oh. never gets old. God, there you go. It. Hey, oh. there it is. Hey, we have a, a new accolade. Fantastic start. We have a new accolade that nobody else in the Will of Time content creator section can claim. We've been canceled by Make-A-Wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, well, for until, <laughs> until one of the kids goes, I want to meet the three guys from the Black Tower podcast. <laughs> I mean, they did the same thing with Daniel Tosh, so and he made plenty right? of fun uh, of everything. Right? So. so. Oh, but boy. we're happy to be back oh, here in another week getting together <laughs> and talking to each other is only uh half the fun getting to sort of talk with all of you um especially those of you that are listening live if you're not listening live uh you should be because we record every tuesday uh for the most part sometimes we record other days but we let everybody know when that's happening but if you 
want to get in all the tainty fuckery that happens every Tuesday around 8 p.m. Eastern, head on over to blacktowerpod.com, and there's a nice little button that says Patreon. You can click that to find our Patreon, and uh, for just a, a dollar a month, you do get access to our live recordings in our Discord uh, and we have a whole lot of fun. Uh, our Discord, or yeah, our Discord is fun, but uh, our patrons are in a league of their own. Yeah. So uh, you're missing out if you're not at least able to see the live recording discussion. It's nonstop riot laughter for the most part. Yeah. Um, the only but time it's not is whenever everybody's it. busy. People listening live, tell them what they're missing out on right now. Yeah. See. How how can you get any better than that? It's it's a it's a <laughs> oh what's that you didn't you didn't hear anything <laughs> what oh you have to be a patron to unlock that segment of audio. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. once, once you become a patron, the settings are forwarded. Once you become oh, a patron, no, no. we rem- we remotely uh, upgrade or change the group policies on your computer, and then you can hear that audio track. So. Somebody somewhere right, just, some, right. somewhere was just like, all I heard was Black Tower Podcast is going to mess with my computer. They're going <laughs> to... <laughs> but uh, anything uh, that has good. to do with good us, times, you can times. find on blacktowerpod.com, which brings me to our next point, a little there. bit of housekeeping, a little bit of PSA for those of you that do things in the public space where people may try to contact you. Now is a good time to recheck your contact information, your Discord invite links, because they do, even when you set them to not expire, occasionally they do still expire or get removed by accident. So go and check all of your stuff. And uh, as, as is generally good practice, make sure that your contact information, especially if you have official business contact information, is really in your face, ready, readily accessible, and easy to find for anybody that may try to contact you. Um, with that being said, um, we have seen a, a couple times uh, throughout the years where people have tried to contact us and accidentally emailed the wrong uh, the wrong emails or, or whatever the case may be like that. Wrong people, so yeah. Yeah, this was a good moment to remind everybody our only email address is blacktowerpod at gmail.com. If you get an email from any other email address or send it to any other email address, we will not see it and it is not from us. And... In addition to that, if you do email blacktowerpod at gmail.com and anybody other than myself, Andrew, Josh, or Daniel responds, it is not us. Uh, so don't trust that communication. Because we are if the only three. If it does come from a man named A.A. Ron, uh, know that he will have already sent it to us. Uh, and that's fine, but he will almost guaranteed not <laughs> contact you back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Aaron, Aaron is the, the asterisk caveat. Aaron always has Correct. the ability to, to do this. Generally, you know, he, he doesn't and he leaves everything to us and in, enjoys retirement as a exactly. retired Mahale. But, uh, but yeah, so Black Tower yes, Pod. If it's at, anybody besides the three of us, don't listen to it. Uh, if it's Aaron, he'll send it in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's even easier to just uh, to send us a message and tag us in the Discord too, if you're if you're worried about that. But also true. That's but true. yeah, so just a general just PSA and on Twitter, yeah, Facebook. Check all of your stuff. You can you know you know where to find us. And if you don't know where to find us, blacktowerpod.com has all of our contact information. All the socials are in buttons on the left hand side. If you're on desktop, they're somewhere on mobile. I just don't know where because 
I haven't been on mobile for it in a long time, but um, yeah. So there's that blacktarpod.com again for anybody that didn't hear it. Um, also, watcon.com. Uh, very brief thing because it's not our plug. It's not our plug for this episode, but definitely go and check out watcon.com. We are less than two months away from a Will of Time focused convention called Watcon. Uh, we'll all be there. There's going to be a ton of people there. There's going to be some fantastic guests and people there. We look forward to hopefully seeing all of you there. But the people that are our plug for this episode, and no, I don't mean they hand us uh, things in little plastic baggies, but they are kind enough to Or that they put us, us stuff in, in. Tell me the man who tried to put the rubber fist in my asshole. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. That's um, your movie quote for the day. Yeah, we're going to stop the quote there. Um, I don't want anybody to, to feel offended by that. Um, yes, indeed. So the people that are kind enough to help us help you make sure you are as energized as you can be and do as the Dubby slogan says and be better. That's who we're plugging this episode. Dubby.gg is their website. Dubby. There's a link down below in the show notes and description to get you 10% off your orders on Dubby Energy if it's not already discounted. And you might want to go ahead and look at ordering now because we did just get a text today that they are close to running out of stock again and it's definitely understandable because dubby has a new flavor correct this is peach and beach peach and beach it is i just had this the other day it is a mango white peach cooler flavor uh it is absolutely delicious like that I'm bringing this to Wacon if you don't get to try it before so that you can try it. It is that damn good. Like, nice energy and a mixer. It's like Red Bull and vodka, but like without the jitters of the Red Bull. Nice. I don't know how soluble this is in alcohol, but we're going to find out. But rubber dubby, <laughs> going. But you it is delicious. Lots of fun. Uh, again, dubby, you're my very best friend. It's true. I, I hate every second of this. You do it very well, but I hate every second. Of it. <laughs> yeah, but Continue. Uh, Dubby uh, prides <laughs> themselves on not using uh, artificial colors, artificial flavors, not using uh, anything that's going to give you the jitters. Their biggest thing is jitterless energy blend. Uh, it is fantastic as long as you take the recommended dosage. You don't have to worry <laughs> about jitters. From our experience. That being said, uh, one of well, all of us like late nights. Two of us are veterans, so we're a little skewed on the caffeine tolerability spectrum. Um, but I've never heard any complaints. <laughs> all so. three of us are definitely skewed on that. I might not yeah. be a veteran, but I drank like one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so definitely go and check them out. Use as recommended, as uh, as Jessica Sadai said here in the live chat. Uh, and it's fantastic. Really good flavors. So yeah, ten percent off using. Either code BTP, that is B as in boy, T as in truck, P as in put, uh, plant. Yeah, use that. Or you can just click the link down below. That's enough about W because I've said the same thing like six times because I'm not very good at plugs uh, unless I script it beforehand. <laughs> but go and check that out. Anyway, uh, or, moving. Or maybe B like Bravo, T like Tango, and P like Papa. <laughs> See, I started to do that, but or I felt like it would like lean too heavily into the veteran thing. Like nah. 
And like we're we're already accused of, of being so many things. I I didn't want to be accused of us being like <laughs> trying to get the sympathy vote for veteran status <laughs> shit or whatever. Like somebody out there will do it. Uh, somebody out there does I, everything. Then again, Andrew, one thing that I will definitely say here is. I know that you know this. I know that Josh knows this. But anyone out there who's wondering, uh, this is going to be uh, the the bring it down for just a moment. Not like down, blah, 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 but like, just like be real for just a minute. You are a person. You get to be unique. You get to be interesting. You get to be whoever it is that you feel like you are. I am not saying that there's going to be every single person who out there who respects you for being that person, but you should definitely be that person because anybody who doesn't respect you enough to allow you to be that person, they need to reevaluate their choices and their life, not you. <laughs> so you know what? Let your veteran rethink your life. Right. Let your veteran freak flag fly, uh, and if somebody goes ahead and decides that there's a problem with that. There's a lot of other people who have firearms training and such who will have a problem with them as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not going to affect me because uh, the only thing I care about, I get the first of every month. So there you go. Um, well, and also I get free use of the commissary and even as a contractor, since I have a PA, <laughs> uh, card, I can buy liquor on base. So can you buy uh, liquor on base? If not, uh, go kiss my ass. So, <laughs> it is what it is. But you we are not built us, the same. <laughs> we are not built the same. But you didn't hear us come talk about uh, veterans. You didn't come here to talk uh, to have us talk about taint. I mean, you did, but not necessarily. You More the taint, here, but not for Dubby. You didn't have come here to have us talk about uh, being yourself, though that's also, again, sort of part of it. What you did come here to have us talk about is Wheel of Time. Because we are a Wheel of Time podcast. We are gentlemen who sit around and talk about all things Robert Jordan, all things Wheel of Time, all things Rand Land and beyond. So, before we actually tell you the specific Wheel of Time a topic that we are going to get into this week, why don't we go ahead and roll that spoiler condom on to make sure that we don't fuck anything up even while we are talking about the topic. The Black Tower stands fully erect. When the tower is <laughs> bulging at full erectness, you must protect yourself from tainty spoilers. Your spoiler condom must cover the immense girthiness of all 14 books of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. With an itty tip at the top for the prequel, New Spring. <laughs> if your condom is too small, you will get tainty spoilerages all up in your eye. Or ears. You, you have, have been, been warned. Excellent. There we go. There's your right. the warning. So, Josh, do you know what we're talking about today? I do. Oh, I yeah. hope so. Indeed. It was the partial do, do bane of our existence you? while we were in service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andrew, do you know what today? we're talking about today? Uh, yes, I do. This is actually one Excellent. of mine. Indeed. Uh, is it? Yes, it is. This is, is. Yeah. <laughs> today we are discussing customs and courtesies in the Wheel of Time. Now, 
stick stick with us for a second because we know <laughs> this is an incredibly broad topic. Like that broad, or like, like that like, broad, like Perrin's shoulders like... broad. <laughs> okay, <laughs> damn. <laughs> It's as broad as the gap between Lan doing his duty and abandoning his duty. Wow. Fuck. Which is which his duty, he's so stuck to his duty that in the TV show we got to see his patootie. Ha ha. Hey, there you go. Support me on SoundCloud for more amazing uh, rap lyrics such as that. (laughs) Indeed. Um As we pod number one hit, duty patootie. <laughs> As you may have heard before, uh, this topic tonight is going to be thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> uh, dear God. Very good. So, um, for those of you that uh, I, I hate that gif automatically. No. I hate it. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Damn it, smack. Um, anyway, uh, so for those of you that uh, are either laughing at it's live chat. Yeah. For those of you that were it's uh, Josh and I creating a rap song. So for those of you that uh, have had military members in your family or been around a bunch of military members or maybe signed on the dotted line yourself. Customs and courtesies is that word that makes uh, sergeant majors and other E8s and above everywhere very excited. Every brand new second lieutenant very excited. And everybody else goes, this is some bullshit. <laughs> uh, with very noble origins, but active current bullshit in some circumstances. Like saluting people when you're deployed overseas is some bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know it's not a real deployment. You get yelled at for not saluting somebody. Clapping at myself there. But customs and courtesies uh, in the military, at least the U.S. military, is kind of just like a standard of the way that service members interact during everyday life and during certain situations. Um, The saluting of officers is a customs and courtesies thing, and it harkens back to medieval knights that whenever they met another knight to show respect, they would raise the visor on their helmet. So that's where saluting comes from. And we carry that tradition uh, to this day to salute officers as a sign of respect for their position. And it doesn't matter if they're great or terrible officers, you still have to salute them or they get really angry. Not all of them, but. Yeah. um, yeah. Well, and of course, sometimes it is is saluting the office, not the actual person who holds it. And that's what I was just going to say. Regardless of the person behind the insignia, there is respect for the rank itself. Correct. So, but yeah. yeah. But, but within that, there's there's customs and courtesies for funerals, for change of command ceremonies, for um, passive parades, um, which is where you're marching a parade and your unit is going by the reviewing officials that are watching over, which are typically like generals, mm-hmm. governors, um, kind of mayor sometimes if it's a small enough area. Yeah. Um, presidents, whatever. If look at uh, like France's uh, Independence Day parade, uh, that's a really good example. Um, 
but it's all the different things that are, are part of a culture that are kind of prescribed, followed, whether written or just by word of mouth, social kind of conventions of how people interact uh, in specific situations and manners. And if you've read the entire series, which you should have if you're still listening, you probably immediately went to the IL, like I generally do. And you can think of the litany of cultural kind of just customs and courtesies they have, everything from uh, the laying of the bridal wreath. I, uh, go ahead. Asking a roof mistress leave to enter her hold, which is not oh. a euphemism, but sounds like one. I mean, I imagine that in IEL culture, you would also do that. Uh, but yes. <laughs> you bring her a very beautiful gift and you say, Roof mistress, may I have leave to enter your hold? And she's like, yeah, boy, get up in here. Or daddy's she's like, sorry, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or, or yeah. she's like, if she's not impressed with you, she's like, uh, <sighs> no, I will take, I will keep this gift, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of that, that's one of the first things I wanted to go to with IO culture being a good example of some customs and courtesies. <laughs> Uh, is the asking um, of roof mistresses uh, permission to enter the hole. Yes. And uh, one of the uh, fun or more enjoyable scenes for me is whenever uh, Rand and Ruark and um, starts with a H, Heron are all approaching um, Leanne's hold and Colrock's hold. And what Rand, yes. by custom, yes. was supposed to do was echo Ru what Ruark said, uh, because Ruark was a full is a full clan chief, mm -hmm. uh, where Heron is not, I believe. Don't quote me on that, because I'm often wrong. Uh, if somebody wants to look that up and confirm, oh, Morshadi's here. Morshadi, am I, am I right or wrong? Heron, H-E-I-R-N, well, uh, <laughs> uh, to fact check me on that. But either way, what Rand was supposed to do is he was supposed to approach and basically verbatim reiterate how Ruark asked permission to enter Cold Rock's hold or into Leanne's roof. But what he did instead was follow after... Heron um, is a clan chief. Oh, is he? Oh, maybe it's because Ruark is uh, his, her husband? He's chief of the Jindo sept. Okay. Well, it might have been because Ruark and Leanne are from the same sept. So there was a kind of specific. Oh, he's a he's a sept chief, not a clan not a clan chief. chief. That's okay. what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, Ran, it's the, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ran was supposed to ask as if he is a clan chief, being the Karakarn, um, but instead he asked as if he was a step chief, a sept chief, not a step a, chief. Oh you, no, step what chief! You, what are you doing? Um, but and when it happens. <laughs> When it happens, it's such an obvious aspect of the IL culture that everybody is shocked. Ruark is very worried instantly. Uh, Leanne is kind of shocked and is like, uh, whatever. Um, because what he that did... Is quite intimate of you, sir. Yeah, because he only asked leave to come beneath her roof um, rather than what Ruark asked where... Um, I just had it and I am dumb because I've lost it already. Oh, good. So Ruark there, greeted Leanne with the, the formal words, I ask leave. Asking... Andrew had it. Go ahead. 
Okay, you grabbed it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so Ruar greets her with formal words uh, and says, I ask leave to enter your hold, Ruth Mistress. Whereas um, Heron says, uh, Roof Mistress, I ask leave to come beneath your roof. So uh, the Sept Chief asks only leave to come beneath the roof, whereas Ruark, as a full clan chief, asks leave to enter the hold uh, entirely. And so Ran asks, like the Sept Chief does, uh, for leave to come beneath uh, the roof, which I, I really like the way Leanne reacts because she says, such modesty is becoming in a man. Men subtle know where to find it. And then she, in an effort to appease Rand, because Rand did bow, which is also not a part of the IO yeah. customs for this, she attempts a curtsy to try to reciprocate the modesty and, you know, and this, the, the, the honor or the, uh, the, the G that he has shown to Leanne by asking in such a modest manner. Um, and she responds with the Karakarn has leave to enter my hold for the chief of chiefs. There's ever water and shade at Cold Rocks. So that's, well, that's a massive course, honorific. Yeah, that's huge. It's essentially I, like I, you don't have to ask ever again. You always have leave <laughs> yeah. for water and shade. Well, and though, that's, that's... let me say, uh, I am going to give advice here. This is the Daniel gives advice point uh, of the episode for just a moment. Um, I personally uh, do this and it is typically very well received uh, as well as I appreciate when other people do this and I receive it very well I will regularly tell other people that they don't ever need to ask again and that they're always welcome and then every time they come over they still ask and it's great it's fantastic keep doing that because uh, even if somebody has told you to always make yourself welcome, they don't necessarily always mean that, or at the very least, they always appreciate it when you do regardless. <laughs> so anytime Rand shows up at Cold Rock's Hold, I really hope that he asks again. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the joke about like, a regular friend comes into your house and asks if they can have something to eat. Your best friend is there waiting for you when you get home and already has eaten half your cupboard. Bingo. Exactly. 100%. So, but yeah, that's so uh, so yeah, I mean, I, that's one of the first examples that jumped out Marshani, to me because... are you like super from the south? Because... I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, you can come inside and have some iced tea. Sounds extremely southern. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I resonated with that comment so much. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, it's a good one. But Anyway, I, I bring that one up because it's not terribly long after that scene in the books that uh, Kuladin has stormed off with the rest of the Shido IL. Everybody presumes he's going to meet Savannah. And there's this thing where Rand is like, well, we should go and deal with this. Like, they can't have a month to sway the other IL against me. And Ruark and everybody else is like, well, you sent the summons here. Honor dictates and customs dictate that we wait here for all those that will arrive. Yes. And Rand's response, I love. Because he looks at Ruark and says, there are no customs to cover me, Ruark. I have to make new customs. Yep. And it's like, he kind of, in that moment, he kind of throws some of their own words back at them. Because there's a lot of questions he asks about him being, you know, he who comes with the dawn, 
the Karakorn, the Chief of Chiefs, that well, they give like, him a lot of these. They give him a lot of. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we're not I mean, sure. We've never, we've never had one before, so we don't quite understand what to do with you. But also, <laughs> you kind of. Or Shadi, if you're saying something about my pronunciation, uh, you can kiss yes. both my left and right ass cheeks. <laughs> yep. Uh, and also, right. Josh is in mind, you dickhole. <laughs> you're kind of not a chief, but you. No, but we also love kind you, of a chief. But you're also kind of more of a chief. Well, and so. I also love how, like, again, in the Aiel culture, like, this is one of the things that I love about this particular topic, as well as just uh, Robert Jordan's world building, as well as the, the Aiel in general, just all of it wrapped up into one, is the Aiel are probably the greatest example of customs and courtesies in the Wheel of Time. And I swear that Robert Jordan really did just take all of his military service and just be like, cool, I'm going to make all of that into a culture that's dope as fuck. Like, <laughs> seriously. Uh, and so again, the Aiel have these wonderful things along the lines of a clan chief is the leader of a clan. That's what happens. That's We all agree that the clan chief is someone who leads the clan. However, they are not a king. They are not a god. They also have people that they are beholden to. There are checks and balances within the Ayo clan that allows a clan chief to make decisions that need to be made, but also keep them honest. And so regularly there is this sort of idea of Rand as the Karakarn, as the chief of chiefs, is still beholden to a lot of that stuff. It still does not make him a god. It still does not make him able to look at all of the Aiel in every situation and say, you will do what I'm telling you to do. They go, you're just an elevated clan chief, you dickhole. We're still going to be able to have those <laughs> checks and balances. We're still going to be able to do those things that make sure that you don't get stupid. Even though you are the prophesied elevated chief. And I, I have always really, really, really appreciated that about the Aiel. Uh, because I, I think that that is an incredible way to deal with things and again uh it's it's a really sort of balanced way to run a society even though it does kind of regularly open up the floodgates for like okay so what am i allowed to do and they go i mean some of this and some of that Just but also not dick. some of this and some of <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so it's well I don't know. And I think know, I Robert love... Jordan did an amazing job of communicating all of that with also, without it being overwhelming. Josh, you love. And I, and I really love I, love, I love where you're going with this because, and I love that we're starting with the Aiel because when it comes to customs and courtesies, I think Robert Jordan really enjoyed writing G.E. Toe and all of the different customs and courtesies of the Aiel because they just seem so outlandish to a lot of us. Um, Ruark asking Leanne to come under her hold. Uh, they're married. Enter. Enter her hold. <laughs> Gentlemen, enter. Yeah. Gentlemen, imagine Who if are you, you will Rand? for a moment. You come home from work 
and you knock on your front door and you say, my lady, please let me in the door every day. Like, this is how, this is their life. This is how they live. As it and should be. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so ingrained into who they are that, you know, we'll talk about the dark side of Jiito. Uh, Savannah uh, is an example of a wise one. She is a, a wise one. And she has been taught and trained that as the wise one, you make the call. You, you are the one who gets to decide whether or not we're going to do this thing or not. And basically the rules kind of fall down to if it works, then you did the right thing. And if it doesn't work, well, then you did the wrong thing. So even in this like extremely rigid society of, may I have leave to enter your hold, blah, 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 that they observe vehemently, you can still have people that are kind of going off the rails and being like, well, this is close enough. Well, we did this. Um, but even Savannah and Kooladin, I think you can make an argument for they were following Gito. They just did they bet on the wrong horse essentially um you know well and of course i think that's a that's a really good thing that you just brought up there i i i would say is that there is a good reason that there is a phrase out there that says that the road to hell is paved with good intentions yes i think that cool it in and savannah in so many ways, probably really knew that what they were doing wasn't the right thing to do. Um, but at one point, we like time, to yes, vilify the Shido a lot. And again, I don't think that that's completely out of bounds. But I think that a lot of the Shido were probably doing what they thought was right under Giotto. And it's really hard to be bad or to be mad at all of the Shido in every case, because I really do think that a lot of them felt that they were following Giotto. We just know as the audience that they were clearly not because we have information they don't. We have, you know, the, the, the winners get to write the history books. All of that different stuff is accurate. Um, but at the end of the day, I really do think that the Shido were very, they misunderstood what they were supposed to be doing, but not because they were immediately tossing out the rules. They were just misinterpreting what those rules should have been. Andrew. I mean, (laughs) so yeah, a good segue. And as I was like, oh, here's my (laughs) idea or my thoughts. Um, I, I think where the majority of the IO that we see at Cold Rocks that do answer the summons and the ones that do come and join them later show very much uh, an adherence to tradition. Um, where Kooladin has already grossly broken tradition. Uh, whether you want to say it's through the manipulation of the Forsaken, uh, through Savannah's yeah. manipulation of Kooladin, or whatever, he's already perverted uh, traditions, customs, and courtesies already mm-hmm. uh, massively and incurred an astronomical amount of toe by falsifying two, not one, but two dragon tattoos 
on his arms, marking him also as the Horacorn. Yes. Um, in the <laughs> same fashion. Yeah. Yes. So, which is interesting because that means that uh, wasn't it as it was Asmodian that gave, that did that, I believe. Correct. Right? Yes, it was. So that means that he, Asmodian. So that means that not only. Well, I mean, it's easy. He could have just seen it on one person's arm and be like, oh, it's just that, but mirrored on the other side, too. Sure. But but the shy doe, uh, whether you want to take it as a virtue of them fully believing Kuladin's lie and Savannah's lie, if they even truly believe it is a lie. Sure. Because um, if you didn't know what happened in Ruidion prior, you didn't know that you didn't go in and meet the sketchy dude that fucking, like, tattoos your arm, like, I just picture right? picture Asmodian with like a haircut kind of like mine. He's got tattoos all over his head and his arms, <laughs> fucking like gauges everywhere, piercings everywhere. And he's just like, so bro, how's it going? You're doing really good in this sit. Just fucking with a tattoo gun. We think it was magic, but it's just like <laughs> You're it's just Asmodian really well, sitting there bro. with like a fucking this tattoo gun and a pedal. A little difficult. We're about to go right over your wrist, bro. It's gonna sting a little bit. Just it's bear sick. with me. We'll be done soon. Um <laughs> Bruh, the day I give up on my dreams of being an actor, uh, I'm getting like four <laughs> tattoos and I hope to go to a guy who's just the most ridiculous looking fuck because I know that guy's going to give me amazing tattoos. <laughs> I hope you go up to like a guy and he's like, yeah, my name's Brian, but all my friends call me Asmodian. How's it going, bro? Oh man, I would never go to anyone else for a tattoo ever again. I'd be like, "You're my guy." To LA immediately, to guy. <laughs> I'd fly you to LA. Um, yeah, but know, anyway, what's interesting is, I was just going to say, as we're kind of talking about the darker side of Gito, what is the option for the Shido clan? Wise one says this clan chief i mean we have no reason to not believe him he's got two golden dragons we have no reason not to believe him what's the alternative well it's uh, not like you can just be like you know what shido are a bit rubbish i think i'll go be uh jindo today they also have the perfect setting because they have a wise one and her like underling or compatriot wise ones all saying the same thing who yes. they've been taught their entire life to trust. Yes. They have Kuladin, who was in line to be the clan chief, as yes. far as they know, goes to Iridion, does everything legitimately, comes back marked as the Karakorn. Yes. Um, exactly. And so, yeah, they, they have <laughs> no necessary reason to believe that they are in the wrong. And then you have this wonderful right. opportunity for Kuladin and Savannah and the rest of the IL, uh, the Shido wise ones, to say, Look at what they're all doing. I break all bonds. I break all ties. I break all tradition. Yeah. They're still following tradition. They are obviously wrong. So it sets up that the good guys actually wind up being the perfect bad guys to the bad guys that think they're good guys. Well, and that's one thing that I actually wanted to throw out there is that, Josh, you actually make a really, really good point about all of the naturally Shido. And by naturally, I just mean the the, the people nah, who are of nah, Clan Shido. This is all natural Shido, my right, friend. There you go. Um, <laughs> the ones who were already Shido Clan as all of this was happening, completely I'm Shido. You're Shido adjacent. We are built. Then to- you I'm a end Shido. up. Wow. All right. Please. 
please stop. I can't. <laughs> I cannot. Um, no, but there is there is an interesting thing there because I even include all of the Isle who run away from their own clans to join the Shido in my we should give yes. them a lot of shit, but also we shouldn't give them very much shit kind of like comment earlier about Yes. As you said, I think that you had, the, the words that you just used were actually a really good, actually, I think it was Andrew, sorry. It was a combination, but also, I think the One words of them that fucking guys from Andrew uh, was the, you Power. just broke a bunch of tradition. Here are the Shido who, at the very least, appear to be following tradition as closely as possible. Uh, I can't handle you breaking tradition. I'm going to go join them. Uh, which again is, it's really rough because when it comes right down to it, they're doing what they think is right. Now, as I said, yeah. as an audience, we know immediately that they are not because of course, and of course, again, in Cold Rocks, when Kooladin does his whole like, that's not true. That's impossible. A uh, thing after Rand says, after Rand says the whole thing about the, the you know, the uh, Aiel not having always been warriors. You mean him not spilling, like, he doesn't spill the beans. He spills the bean. Yeah. No, he but flicks all of the bean. Tea. And then Car and then Kooladin is like, uh, buddy, that's a lie. And Savannah's standing there being like, fuck, 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 Kooladin, keep your dumb mouth shut. You're gonna get all of us caught, you right? dumb fuck. Like Well, and um, that's yeah. that's what I love about it is the other clan chiefs and wise ones immediately know yeah. who went through who went to Ruidian and who Dude, did not? There like, is such a collective eagle clench. Like, seriously. <laughs> there's, there's like, such a, there's such a, like, it's like an instant collective, like, oh, shit. When yep. prior to that, like, they were like, Kooladin, Rand, Kooladin. We don't fucking know. We're going to stand on ceremony and it's going to be our customs and courtesies that allow cooler heads to prevail. And we're going to get to the bottom of this by holding to what we know, which is Gito. And that's good enough for a lot of people. The vast mm -hmm. majority of Aiel. It's the vast majority. Yeah. So before we get into this being just an IL customs and courtesies, because uh, they definitely have plenty to go oh, through, yeah. and there's no way we're going to get through all of them. Um, is there another customer courtesy that sticks out? And I will not be mad if anybody steals my next one from Chapter Eight of the Great Hunt. Oh shit! Um, go I, I will go, go next, and the answer is I will definitely not steal your uh, your thing. Um, Damn it. The thing that I was going to bring up is the uh, Ebudari customs and courtesies, Ooh. because I actually think that that um, parallels very well to the Aiel uh, customs and courtesies. Because, of course, again, in the Aiel culture, it is still sort of a male-dominant culture. There are clan chiefs 
uh, and they are sort of the head of the society to a certain extent, um, or at least that is my reading of, and the wise ones are sort of on even in footing, but also maybe not, but also <laughs> yes, but, and then you have Ruth yeah, say that in front of a wise are, one. Yeah, I would say that in front of a wise one. Challenge me. Challenge accepted. Hold my beer. Uh, no, but at the same time, again, <laughs> R.I.P. Daniel. We're gonna put together a fund for flowers to his right. funeral. <laughs> no, but but as far as my reading of it, ostensibly it is a male at the top society, even though they have women immediately under them. And so again, it's right. not actually male driven but it is also technically male-driven. Like, if you drew the map. There's a balance there. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And that's, again, what I love yeah. about Ayo culture. I, I fucking love it. Um, but in Abu Dhar, it's actually really interesting because it's almost exclusively a female-dominated culture. Um, and the women wear the marriage knives, uh, and they walk around with the power in so many ways um and so again that's that's a situation where i love sort of the customs and cultures uh, or the customs and courtesies of how you deal with women in abu dar and how they deal with you and the different things that you this this is another thing where i i okay i'm gonna say this as somebody who's never actually been in the military i don't know whether this would count as customs and courtesies, but the uh, the the different medals and different insignias and different everything that a an officer wears tells you a lot about who they are and what they've done and their rank and things like that. I don't know if that necessarily counts as customs and courtesies, but I really like that sort of similar piece of it being the the marriage knives in Abu Dhabi. Where well, you kinda. actually walk up to someone and you know a lot about the life that they've lived by looking at the different things on their marriage knife and you know better how to address them and how to deal with them and how to uh, talk about things that have been happening in their life based on the information that you get immediately from their marriage knife. So it is definitely a qualifier as a, as a custom because it is the custom okay. of awards. Um, and with the exception of some awards, like uh, the one that jumps off the page to me is the Medal of Honor. Like sure. that one has courtesies dictated built in. Sure. Like you see somebody wearing <laughs> it around yes. like on their dress or they have like the ribbon on yep. or whatever, like automatically – like, there's a general in the room, and there's a Medal of Honor recipient in the room. <laughs> Fuck the general, Medal of Honor recipient. Because there's a yes. lot less of those <laughs> yes. than there are generals. Like, respect to the general, but, like, you're, you're yeah. number two at this point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that, that feels very much similar to me as far as the marriage knives in Abu Dhabi, especially when you get up into the... <sighs> I hate her. We all hate her to a certain extent. <laughs> but Tylin is actually someone with a marriage knife that tells you a lot yeah. about who she is. And as soon as the, the Wonder Girls walk in to go ahead and talk to her, she actually tells them a lot about herself uh, by what she's wearing and the phrases that she says. Because 
immediately she actually talks to them very familiarly and says the phrase, sit back on your knife and be free. Or sorry, sit back on your knife and let your tongue be free. That's the the phrase. And it's yes. Uh it's it's very that to me is very customs and courtesies. Um and I as I said, as someone with no military background, please tell me if I'm getting that wrong, but it definitely feels no, no, no. very customs and courtesies even if it's not. Uh, right. Ahead, so I was just going to say so custom is you know, sort of the appropriate thing to do in a social setting, right? Sure. So when she says, sit back on your knife and let your tongue be free, she is following custom by allowing people to speak freely. Mm-hmm. It's basically her saying, you guys are cool. I like you. Feel free to say whatever you want. We're toy. A courtesy is a behavior that is prompted based on someone's uh, level of rank, level of honor, level of position, level of whatever the case may be. So that's why, you know, Andrew and I were talking about sooner. It doesn't matter if the officer is an absolute shithead. Um, you still render you mean salute. If most of the officers are is, total shitheads? I mean, no, there depends on some very good where you are officers the office. out there. I believe you. There are also yeah. some very good <laughs> managers out there, but we all know that yes, for the most yeah. part. <laughs> right. So so no, you're you're absolutely hundred percent correct that this is a custom and it is it is customary for the, the host to be benevolent. But you know, Thailand's taking it a step further and saying, No, you guys are cool. I like you, like seriously. I am I am following the custom of telling you that you're cool and you can talk freely to me. I, I you know it's almost like you know free speech unlocked. <laughs> yeah. You know that's the that's the key permission to speak that freely. says you know now you can speak freely. Yeah, permission right. to fe- speak freely, sir. That kind and of I, so yeah, I think he's a soldier. Uh, that in the if the person is able to tell you at ease, it's never really at ease. Of course, um, for the most part, unless it's like a with all due respect, <laughs> sir. Yeah, um, I always viewed yeah. customs and courtesies, <laughs> customs and courtesies, like a little bit different, not entirely different. Okay. That for for me, and at least I guess the way I understood it, which could very well be wrong. Um, definitely, you know. Uh, um, Customs Andrew, are. I'm going to interrupt you for a moment and say, no, you're not wrong. An interpretation is not wrong; it's just unique. Um, but yes, sure. I do appreciate sure what you said. But also, uh, I think you were probably right, and I would like to hear what it is. So now no, I will stop interrupting you and let you answer the question. Yeah, uh, for me, like uh, customs always came off more as things that are done because they're part traditional. Uh, they're more formulaic. They're a little bit more rigid in their their roles and rules. Um, and it's something that you do prompted off of a situation where custom dictates that, like, you know, this is what you are supposed to do because of this. Where courtesy, um, where it could still fall into much the same realm because, like, it can very much be situationally dictated. Um, there's also segments of courtesy that are to certain extents optional uh that you know it, it gives you a, a some de- 
varying degree of respect you want to show uh, to to individuals. So like, um, what, what's a good example of an optional courtesy? Like, so a custom would be if you see an officer, you have to walk towards them and render a salute. That would be like a custom. You, it's kind of rigid. You have to do that. Um, within reason. Within reason. I'm saying like that would be. Not, that's not what you have to do. Uh, but what I'm saying, that would yeah, be a custom yeah, where yeah, if you yeah. notice an officer, you have to walk towards them. But what you'll see a lot of times is a lot of people that would have to salute officers, if there is an alternate route of travel that they can take before they're reasonably within range where they would have to salute an officer or it's clear they're avoiding the officer, they will take that route to avoid having to do the salute. Right. Um, whereas the courtesy Fair. is if you come across an officer and you are not an officer or you're a lower ranking officer um, in your travels out and about and around, that you do render the salute. Something that's more customary, if you're in a room and uh, a higher ranking officer enters the room, you have to call the entire room to attention or or whatever the case is, that's that's more At of a, a custom rank, yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, like everything Josh said is still very much valid and very much true. Um, it's just I have a, a slightly different delineation between custom and courtesy. Yeah, um, that's fair. Which I'm can be summarized in courtesy about the, all of this, which is great. Yeah. I'm sure that a number of our listeners are as well. So I'm I'm yeah. fucking loving this. Which to summarize it, custom is more like if X then Y, whereas yes. courtesy is more if X then Y. Yeah, like there's there's more vagueness and leeway yes. in a in a courtesy because you're you're doing I, it to be courteous, not because you have to. It's seen as a courteous gesture. You're I, doing it to show optional right. or, or like relatively optional respect. I think fair. I think a good example of a courtesy is as as a veteran as a civilian i am under no obligation to greet or pay respect to officers that i come across while i'm at the shopette or while i'm at you know whatever it doesn't matter where's However, my salute um in the file cabinet I with my dd214 those <laughs> i'm sorry is i this, still is, will say is this the one you're looking there. for is this yeah. the salute that oh i'm sorry my bad i didn't i didn't oh, <laughs> the freedom salute <laughs> um no i i will still i will still afford uh you know some manner of respect for the rank i will still say sure. good afternoon sir good afternoon ma'am something yeah. along those lines just to be just to be courteous, that is 100% a courtesy. It is not required of me. It is not expected of me. It is something I offer to them to show them that I do respect the position that they hold. Can I also just say, again, I was never in the military and maybe I would have a different feeling about this, but anyone who actually has to say the phrase, where is my salute? Oh, no. I no, already am done small. with you. I'm, I'm anyone who would actually say that phrase rather than make sure that they are the kind of person who actually deserves a salute the next time they see you is the wrong kind of officer. Yep. So fun fact, quick tangent. The, um, quick tangent on like where there are caveats. I was going to go on a tangent. <laughs> well, you could be tangent number us. two. Um, so, um, I've made no secret of what I did while I was in the Air Force. I mm -hmm. was 
security forces, military police. Mm-hmm. And there was a caveat to our profession that mm-hmm. if rendering customs and courtesies interfered with the performance of our duties, we were mm. to delay customs yes. and courtesies to perform duties. Yes. And that's generally standard across the board. If you're in the middle of like, oh, I don't know, loading live ordnance on an aircraft, you don't drop it to salute the pilot as he comes out. Um, so the same thing would happen with us. You know, if we had uh, a building alarm, like an alarm was going off and I wasn't allowed to let anybody enter the building and I called people over and I was, you know, shouting at somebody to come over here or, you know, saying like motion for someone to come over and it's an officer that just like looked at me, waved and kept going. I was well within my right to be like, to shout at them and be like, hey, you here now. Now when they came over and I inevitably saw the full bird on their shoulder, was there a little bit of a pucker factor? Yeah, Uh, because they can make your life (laughs) shit just for the sake of making your life shit. But yes, you know, that was a, a place where because I was performing official duties until I had like their common access card in hand, Customs and courtesies were suspended because I'm performing an official right. duty. Now, once everything's settled and everything, they're like, yes. you know, hey, sir, you know, whatever. Um, but that, that's pretty standard, I think, across all branches. Like, you're never, your customs and courtesies will never take precedent over the completion of the mission. Um, and that's one of the big things there, um, which, well, I, which is why I kind of resonate with the I early really example of, of Rand being like, well, there are no customs to cover me. Like, he's prioritizing duty and what needs to be done over customs and courtesy. Rand prioritizing duty? Say it isn't so. <sighs> I blame Lan. I also blame Lan. I mean, in the best possible way, but I also right. still That's blame right. Lan. <laughs> but sorry, Josh, you had a tangent. So there was uh, in Master and Commander, there was an officer who lost the respect of the people underneath them mm-hmm. and at one point in time he walks by and one of the people they don't salute to him and he doesn't say anything about it and the captain says this and now the captain's pissed the captain of the ship says you know you pass by a man who didn't pay you your obedience and you said nothing why and he's like uh, 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 uh. he was a weak officer and after the 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 sailor who uh, failed to salute this person was flogged, then he comes down and everybody you know everybody gets in his face and you know hey salute 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 I don't want to get flogged hey salute 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 buddy and that's immediately what I thought of is Daniel when you brought up the example of where's my salute this guy wasn't necessarily where's my salute. But he hadn't earned it either. And the problem is, is that he was in a station, he was in a position that required that uh, responsibility upon his shoulders to earn the respect of those underneath him. But those underneath him didn't have the option of not paying him that respect. Oh, I agree. This is a great, yeah. So this yeah. is a great position for for Kooladin and Savannah because they are in positions that require that respect, but they are not earning that level of respect. So wait, did we just bring it back to Aiel? Bitch. 
to to wheel of time. We did, and my apologies. I know. No, um, it was good. Um, Abu Dhabi <laughs> customs are act. No, I just meant I wheel of time love, in general. Uh, Talonvor. No, you're right. We did it. All it's all connected, guys. It's all like a circle. Wheel. Um, all right, but well, I actually I, would I, like to hear another one from Josh, and then we can go ahead and talk about uh, Andrews from Chapter 8 of The Great Hunt. Unless that is, Josh. So, my customs and courtesies is weirdly tower. from Chapter 8 of The Wheel. <laughs> <laughs> no, The White Tower. I, I yes. mean... Who else? I mean, it's it's such a fun conversation to have, especially with respect to the Aiel, because the Aiel wise ones are like, well, this is how a wise man, a wise one is, you know, a wise this man. is how we rank wise ones, you know, by G, how much G they have. And then the 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 White Tower's like, oh no, 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 it's definitely how much you can channel. Like hundred yeah. percent might makes right. Like that's how it is. And, Ooh, and the wise ones are like. What if the strongest channelers are dumbasses? <coughs> and then the White Tower's like, uh, no, none of us are dumbasses. We are the White Tower. We are eyes to die. But I love uh, no, that they no, even, we even don't within do that the White yet. Tower. Yeah. <laughs> even even within the White Tower, they talk about if there is a, a disagreement between two sisters. Oh god, I got the hiccups. Woo! I can do this. I can do this. If there's a disagreement between two sisters, they can they can debate it. And if they can't come to a civil discourse, they will go out into the street and have a Wild West duel in which they channel as much as they possibly can in order to establish. Who is the stronger channeler? And therefore, I'm going to finger bang you. No, I'm going to finger bang you. <laughs> and therefore, you mean like the alchemists in duels the in Full Metal Alchemist? Kinda. Did um, I just make the first anime reference of the the episode of the evening? Fuck. Yes, well done. <laughs> we clap until the end of the episode. Interesting how now. they they also Don't do it. please God no. <laughs> they also discuss how foolish that is first oh off. yeah how like absolutely and secondly if i can get rid of these hiccups which i probably cannot i think that means you just have to chug also tape. scenarios in which scenarios. and i will do that uh, after <laughs> After I get through this, I love what's happening now. This is fantastic. There are people who are able to channel less. <laughs> uh, I'll be right back. Or Josh. Um, right, we're going to completely distract. One. Did we go into any specifics about the the Epodari, uh marriage knives? Not specific. No, and not specifically. Uh, the to go into some specifics, uh, I, I think that's a good idea. Uh, to go into some specifics about it, as far as just the uh, um, the history and whatnot, the 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 intention behind the different things. 
uh, there are whether it is up the quote boondock saints up yeah there you go whether it is the symbology symbolism the word you're looking for is symbolism symbolism (laughs) um yes whether the uh blade is up or is down definitely has a big symbol uh or whether the hilt is up or down whichever one one you want to look at um the pommel on the marriage knife is also important uh and then the chain that the marriage knife is on will always have uh well it's it's more the hilt than the pommel the jewels are on the hilt not oh okay you're right i I got Uh, what you were what you were getting at yes uh but the the jewels that are on the hilt uh will signify children yeah um you remember the colors and what they mean deal I believe, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not going to go into that. I can't re- actually remember. Um, I feel like one of them is black, but I don't there actually is. remember for sure. Black is one. Um, and this is where we get to an interesting thing where some customs can have dual meanings because agreed. Uh, a white stone represents a male child and a red stone right. represents a female child. Yes. But the color of the stones, uh, so that's the, the stone itself. Yes. The, the setting around it, because you yes. would think anything red just means female daughter. Uh, female daughter. Oh, you get what I mean. Um, but the setting indicates whether the child is still alive or yes. not. And if not, generally the manner of their death. If the setting is red, they died in a duel. But if they died any other way, from what we know from the books, the setting is black. That's um, what I was remembering, yeah. It, but if there is a setting with no stone, it means that there was a child of age challenged to a duel, and they refused it. Yes. They pry the right. stone out. Um, and, of course, they wear these, these uh, cut dresses in a way to expressly reveal the marriage knife. But do you remember the purpose overall of the marriage knife? Why they even have them to begin with? Uh, wasn't it so that they could murder their husband if they were bad? No, <laughs> kind. Of, I mean, essentially, yes. Yes. <laughs> so the marriage, the marriage knife was That's a gift was. from the husband to his wife, and by custom, the knife was to be used to stab the husband if he ever displeased his wife. Could you imagine? Yes. Living in Abu Dhar, it was your turn to do the dishes. You didn't. You walk in and you're like Christopher Titus, and you just get stabbed. <laughs> And then when you're just like, I, I oh, mean, you stabbed me. And she's like, well, ask yourself this question. What did you do to get stabbed? I mean, to be completely fair, I know that I'm going to sound a little bit like a whipped husband here for a moment. But like, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that? That's about right. What was that sitcom where the dude was like, uh, his wife comes down and is like, I'm about to take a shower. Would you like to join me? And he's like. If you go in the garage, there's a locker. In that locker, there's a gun. If I ever say no to that question, I want you to use it on me. Yes, exactly. Like, again, it's, I, I mean, again, I'm not saying that the Ebudari don't take it further than they necessarily need to. But also, if you're a husband and you're well, displeasing your wife, how about you fucking stop, you dickhole? Also, if you're a wife and you're displeasing your husband, same thing. I'm not saying that this isn't a two-way street, but, like, as a dude, 
like part of the vows you made when you got married was to not displease your wife. Just saying. <laughs> and and it goes back to what we're talking about with position of here, responsibility of here, mm-hmm. and as a, a person entering into such an agreement, you yes. have to say, you know, okay, I will not displease you. And the person who is holding on to that authority must use it responsibly. Yes. I, I would imagine that there is an unwritten sort of scenario in which if a woman stabs a dude because he didn't do the dishes, she's going to be a widow for the rest of her life. Don't matter how old she is. Like, right. Well, and of course, again, I also I, I think imagine too many men who would willingly enter into a scenario like that. You well, just and keep again, wearing I all the knives from marriages. Like, is there somebody with like, you know, like ten knives? Which they like, just have this like mantle over them. It's just like, Gwil, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also, okay, I do want to say out loud, uh, real quick. Um, and and I know that this doesn't necessarily have to do with the topic, but now that we're talking about this, uh, it is also I think very very important to talk about the other side of that. Um, and I think we have a couple of times, uh, but, you know, when you're talking about an officer, when you're talking about a wife in Abu Dhar, when you're talking about an Ayil clan chief, when you're talking about a wise one, there is a lot of power that is given to you based on those things. It is incredibly important. The the power that you've been given and the things that you need to make decisions on based on that power. However, you are handed a lot of responsibility with that as well. Because if you stab someone for not doing the dishes, you're probably not doing the right thing. You are absolutely within your rights to go ahead and do that because they are understand they are understandably displeasing you as your wife by not doing the thing that you asked however there also does have to be a certain amount of responsibility that you take on that is not stabbing someone just for something minor like they didn't do the dishes it actually needs to be to a certain level of stab worthy if that makes sense Uh, because displeased is such a broad statement displeased is such a broad category it's such a such a wide it's such a it's such a thick thick topic if you will <laughs> so thick um and so again i i love that i i love the customs and courtesies and as we've talked about before um even without my military sir or with even without me having any military service i know the difference between a good officer who actually earns the respect that they deserve and wields it appropriately versus an officer who just has oh. <laughs> who just has <laughs> just respect recording because a podcast what are you doing versus an officer Hello, who just has respect that they are given because they get Don't respect rather than earning it hi sophie <laughs> I gotta put a lock on that door. I mean, you should put a handle on it. She period. just comes in. She's just like, what are you doing? 
<laughs> anyway, Andrew, you were going to bring up another one that I would love to hear from Chapter uh, 8 of The Great Hunt. Well, Josh was trying to talk about the White Tower and was uh, <laughs> broken by hiccups. <laughs> That's also true. Uh, Did you actually it... have a statement that you wanted to finish? Because I, I would actually like to finish that. Okay. Uh, I did, but <laughs> are the hiccups still going? You just want us something. to continue? Yes. Understood. Yeah, okay. Just keep going. <laughs> so, so I, I owe Josh an extra, an extra opinion in a future episode. Sure. Um, Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, not a problem. Um, so, my last girlfriend uh, turned into the moon. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, chapter eight of the Great Hunt. Uh, this is the chapter in which Rand has been spending the entirety of the, of the previous seven chapters trying to avoid an audience with the Armored Seat and Valdara and has decidedly not been able to do so. And so this chapter essentially starts with uh, Lan kind of coaching him all of me. <laughs> and then guiding him uh, over to this. And so we get these things where you get these kind of uh, borderlander traditions, these borderlander customs. Whereas Lan yes. and Rand are walking to go meet with the Omerlin seat, there are soldiers that randomly shout to Shar Valkyrie, to Shar Manetherin. Um, and Rand is sitting there like, what the fuck's going on? And about the moment where Rand being distracted is an actual problem, Lan just snaps at him, cat crosses the courtyard, and Lan, uh, not Lan, Rand just instinctively assumes this like rigid but loose arrogant but not arrogant kind of strut um and it starts this whole formulaic kind of way of rand presenting himself to the summons to see the Oberlin seat uh at land's direction and yes i actually did pull out the book for this uh because searches you may online is not easily accessible super <laughs> uh understood because when he shows up, uh, of course, um, Leanne, as the keeper of the, at the time, is standing there waiting for somebody to answer the summons. Um, and looks at Lan Gaidon, which is, you know, what the Aes Sedai formerly call warders, mm -hmm. uh, and ask him who he's brought and everything. And Rand, yeah, um, Rand responds. And he says, I am Rand Althor, son of Tam Althor, of the two rivers, which was once Manetherin. As I have been summoned by the Amarlin seat, Leanne said, I, so do I come, I stand ready. And Leanne just blinks and is like, Which motherfucker to taught you all that no. shit to say? Well, Leanne is with him, and she looks, it doesn't respond to him yet, looks at Leanne and is like, this is supposed to be a shepherd? Like, <laughs> what fucking crack rocks are you smoking? Like, um, and I love Lance's response. Old, rocks, old crack rocks, bro. Hey yeah. And I love Lance's response because he simply says, he is a man, Leanne Sedai. No more, no less. We are what we are. And Leanne is essentially like, whatever, okay. <laughs> Swan will deal with you. I'm fucking done. I love, yeah. I love how she just like straight up dismisses it too. Like, fucking man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because she says, the world grows stranger every day. I suppose the blacksmith will wear a crown and speak in high chant. Wait. Oh, fucking oh, wait. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and then comes back, tells Rand that he can go in. Lan moves forward to go with him. And she says, not you. Moraine has another task for you, blah, blah, blah. 
And the last thing Land does is uh, salute with, you know, hand over, hand over heart that way, because my heart's on this side, uh, and just says to uh, Tyshar Manethrin, um, which Rand is kind of like, what? He <laughs> uh, <but it> keeps <laughs> going. And so he stands before the Armorlin seat, uh, who Leanne probably gave a bit of a warning to, because you never want to see the Armorlin seat caught off guard, like, hey, I think Lan has taught him some shit on how to say, hey, I'm here. Because uh, they're expecting Shepard. Uh, because Moraine has said he is Shepard. Um, but he does approach, and he drops the one knee, left hand on sword hilt, right fist pressed to the pattern rug, and bows his head. As you have summoned me, mother, so have I come. I stand ready. And Suwon, without missing a beat, just goes, do you now, boy? Which is hilarious. Superhero lands in front of Suwan. Um, and so, like, she keeps calling, <laughs> she keeps calling him boy, and we already know why yeah. she's doing this. Uh, tells him to stand so they can look at him. Um, then tells him to sit, boy. This will not be short. Um, he says, "Thank you, but by uh, by your leave, mother, I will stand. The watch is not yet is not done." And then, like, Suwan automatically knows what's going on. Looks at Moraine and is like, "Have you?" Have you been letting Land talk to this guy? Uh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of all of that in uh, it, it, that thing is that when you're first reading the book, you definitely think that Land has taught all taught him all of this stuff, and it does not unsuggest that. Like it definitely all of the things that are said uh, definitely lead you to believe that. But after you find out all of the stuff that happens later. In every reread that I do, I feel like it's like 75% land, 25% lose. Yeah. And I, um, I kind of love that. Like, yeah. so, so they continue and they do uh, in between because Varen is there. Uh, so Suwon as the Omerlin, Moraine, and Varen kind of have their discussion where they're talking about you know, who is he really? And Moraine just lays out this litany of stuff, these facts about Tam that Rand is like literally learning for the first time. He's like, well, and he's doing a really good job at keeping his face calm because he's learning that dad is not the dad he knew. And because right Daddy? in there, he Sorry. finds out that dad was a legit fucking war fighting badass. And well, they go through, and then of course, Suan turns oh, to Varen. And is like, oh, the sword he's wearing, is it possible to tell if that is truly a power rot or a Haramark blade? And Varen says they're a test mother. And Suwon says, then take it and test it, daughter. And uh, Ran, well, he done did not like that one bit. Mm -mm. And he grips the hilt hard, takes a step back, says, my father gave this sword to me. And he says this very angrily. Nobody is taking it from me. Uh, to which Amr the Suwan says, so you have some fire in you besides whatever land put in, good. You will need it. And he says, I am what I am, mother. Yes. I stand ready for what comes. And which we, she reaffirms that land has been at you. Which so, I also love how she, to that statement, yes. she's already like, oh, do you now, motherfucker? Like, yeah. So, I mean, the, the purpose the, of the exchange... It's the Luke and Yoda scene. I'm oh, not afraid. Man. You will be. Yeah. You so, the, the whole purpose of the exchange is 
Lan is trying to arm Rand to present himself in the best, most honorable way possible. He's mixing in uh, yes. Blade Master customs. He's mixing in super heavily and mainly Borderlander customs for greeting the Almerlin Sea. Um, but which, then also Warder customs as well. Yes. Yes. Um, which is what gives a, gives it away that Land has been teaching him this kind of stuff of and taught him yeah. what to say, which he taught him in a real <laughs> in a in a super quick time frame. Uh, we're talking like probably 30 to 45 minutes before the meeting happened. So all of this happens and Suwon's entire response and her entire exchange and dialogue with Moraine and Varen is aimed at one thing, seeing if Rand can be goaded, if he can be prompted to anger to natural human reaction outside of the formulaic to basically see is this really something you were just taught to say, or is this something that you have and you believe to your core? Which is such a huge thing with customs and courtesies, because you see it all the time in uh, in these like basic training videos where they're teaching troops uh, to maintain military discipline. Don't laugh, don't smile, stare straight forward, keep your hands by your sides. And they will tell jokes. They will make absurd statements to see if they can get anybody to laugh. And then all of the, all of the drill instructors that start just pounce on them. And it's fucking hilarious because I don't have to deal with it anymore. But it just goes to show how, how important like customs and courtesies can be in setting the stage and the tone for an interaction, but also how much they can be used to see how ingrained these kind of things are with somebody and how instantly certain customs and certain courtesies will tell you kind of where somebody is from or where they learned it from. Yes. No, I like that a lot. Also, uh, can I just say, I think I have discovered slash created a new game for all of us uh, who want to play um, at... Jordan Con at WattCon at all of the different things. Uh, and that is, you know how uh, there are the games that are like presidents or like Marco Polo or whatever, where you just like say a phrase and then people do things. I think that at some point, someone, and please again, use this sparingly so that it's not obnoxious because we all want this to be a fun game. If somebody just yells cat crosses the courtyard, everyone who's an Ashaman should yeah! just go ahead and I love that and assume a stance and take a few steps. That is, I don't know, arrogant, but also casual, but also formal, but also I I picture so. it as like the quintessential model walk. Yes. Yes. Uh if you do blue steel while you're doing cat crosses the courtyard, <laughs> you would better. There's, there is a custom in the Borderlands that I love, and I'm going to try and get through this without hiccuping too much. Okay. And we get to see it towards the end of the series where there is a Borderlander fortress and the dude who is in charge, and I can't remember names, the dude who is in charge of it, knowing it's their last stand, knowing Trollocs are about to overrun them, presents a sword to his son. It is the borderlanders custom of the first sword and he receives his sword and he's probably like 12 or 13 somewhere in that area and at that point in time they say you are a man and now you must carry the sword with you to defend 
the keep. And I believe in the situation that he's even a little too young, but the guy's like, I need everybody. <laughs> hey, guess what, kid? You're a man early. Grow up quick. It's that Aragorn in Helm's Deep scene. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's really, really, it's a really powerful scene. It's a really mm-hmm. emotional scene. And it, it takes into account, like, I, I actually believe as well that the dude was trying to raise morale to do as much damage to the shadow as possible. Oh, 100%. And so they made a big, they made a big pomp and stance about it. And they were like, look, he's a man now. We have increased our ranks. We will defend the shadow. We will defend against the shadow. We will be awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's also a bit of a like, look, this 12 year old stands ready to fight the shadow fangs bared. And so yes. anybody that is like reached the appropriate age uh, by their customs and is going into fight and sees this kid running in with a sword, they can't sit there and be like, I'm too scared because literally little Timmy, unless you're a white cloak is swinging. Uh, I mean, yeah, but, wait, uh, but little sorry, Timmy's can we call here. this the white cloak salute now? Is this, is this oh. the white cloak salute? White cloak hashtag white cloak salute. I'd rather not. not rather, I use it far too often to attach their name to it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and it comes with like salute. implications. No, it's the salute that you give to white cloaks. Oh, okay. So you can say that you're now giving it to all of those people who are white cloaks. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. it's, it's the official salute to white yes. cloaks. Not okay. buys, not yes. slash four, but two. Two white cloaks. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, can I just say that I love all of these customs and cultures, or courtesies, not cultures, customs and courtesies. Uh, All of these have been great. Um, And I really appreciate learning more about what customs and courtesies actually means and things like that. Um, Fucking land being brought from the borderlands from Malkir like holy shit that's a that's a hell of a tradition that's a hell of a uh, of a custom to do when you know that you're not making it out to send your son away and be like cool you're king now have fun in Faldara you little you little person we're gonna make live through this like yikes Imagine being given your first sword before you can take your first steps. Right? Right. Yikes. Yeah. But now, um, now you've just made me want to, to give sword gifts to all of my uh, oh, to, if I ever to anyone married. who ever to anyone who ever has a child around me. I'll be like, cool, here's your gift of a sword. But couldn't that hurt I'm him? Learning yes. to walk. It would be a lesson. Also, be a lesson. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's oh, dude. All of my groomsmen, if I ever get married, are they're, they're getting swords or something like that. That's an idea for right now until I think of something different and forget it. But um, as so say we all. These, so say we all. Cool. <laughs> um, as as we're as we're closing out, just because I want to do this, because Critter does a fantastic job at pointing out her bookstore finds. And on this last trip to okay. Jacksonville I did this past weekend, uh, we wound up going to the mall, and there's a Barnes & Noble. So nice. out of pure curiosity to see what variants of the Wheel of Time books they were selling, which, by the way, are the normal just 
different colored book covers with the Wheel of Time logo on it. And then also the more, I can only think of workbooks to describe the dimensions of them okay. um, with the ebook covers on them. I spied with your little a, eye, with my little eye, a hardcover copy of The Gathering Storm. Okay. And what caught my eye the most was the fact that it was not using any newer art. It is the original art. Okay. So my first thought was reprint. If somebody reprinted the sleeve of the original art. No. Then I checked the back and saw that the book list stopped oh, at the yeah, Great Hunt. Boy. Yes. And I started to get excited and I opened it. Yeah, the first thing I noticed uh, this title is page, title page. Show us the goods. Well, I, I will. That's Good. that's for last. But I mm. I went over to the, the the copyright page, and it is a first edition, November two thousand and nine. Mm, keep going, keep going. And though mm. it is not the <laughs> ultimate I'm satisfaction, I'm almost there. It is the second most ultimate <laughs> satisfaction because it is a one of the stamped signed. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Daddy. It's very, very nice. Robert Jordan. Oh, so awesome. I now have a stamp signed copy of The Gathering Storm, which is a lot of people's favorite book. It's not mine. I mean, Fires of Heaven is Andrew's. Yes. And that one I've already shown before. And that one isn't yes, stamp is. signed. That one is hand signed. There so, you go. At least according to the buyer I bought it from. But wait, wait. The other question is. Uh, as soon as you get a chance, will you also get it signed by Avienda? Yes. Fires of Heaven? Yes. Oh, I love <laughs> the idea. But it would have to be a book insert because I can't take an original signed copy, hardcover copy of Fires of Heaven and, and do, I can't do that to it. Fair. Um, but a book insert. Now the signed, book insert. Definitely. Will you get? Will you get Avienda and Rand to sign it? I would prefer if they both signed it. And if I can get the nice. igloo to sign it as well, that would be fantastic. I love it. The uh, TV cover copy of Fires of Heaven. Uh, yeah, when that comes out, I'm definitely getting it. Because it will happen. But. Uh, as that quick aside, any final thoughts on generically the Will of Time customs and courtesies? We talked about three really briefly, really quick. There's an entire... I think we talked about more than three, but yes. Yeah. Well, apparently my entire, my main word for the day is litany because I've used it about 37 times. <laughs> a cornucopia a whole, of fruit flavors. Yeah. There's a whole cacophony of, there we cornucopia. Go. of, of customs and courtesies. A, car in, a cornucopia? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yes. There's a whole carrot corn amount. Uh, but in general, let's let's get some final thoughts and let's start with Daniel. Well, uh, I would just say that again, I I really love that you. I, I mean, this is true even outside of uh, customs and courtesies, um, but it is definitely still a statement that makes sense with this particular subject. Uh, I really love that. Robert Jordan did a very, very good job of taking very real human experience as well as military service, as well as um, just his own personal life history uh, and wrapping them all up into a 
story that feels amazing to read regardless of which one of those you resonate with higher um so you end up with the situation of military personnel can latch on to certain things um veterans can it can latch on to certain things civilians can latch on to certain things southerners can latch on to certain things uh you know all of these different ideas and and understandings really shine very very well through the books and i know that we've said it before but he's a genius he was a genius and i think that he was again while i absolutely respect his military service to the nth degree i wish he had started writing earlier because he clearly had an incredible talent for it. And I, I yeah. wish that we could have seen what he could do with even more than just what he wrote. However, I will always be thankful for what he did write. I will always be thankful for what he did actually get to us and give to us. Um, and in the end, as far as the customs and courtesies go, I think that he was a master at using the ones that he knew using the ones that he thought were important and creating new ones that he thought were cool. And in the end, I learned a lot more about uh, customs and courtesies and about being a, a man in some ways uh, and not toxic masculinity, but just being a man uh, from the wheel of time in the best possible way than I think I did out of a lot of other different mediums that could have necessarily been where i learned those things uh by having been blessed by being able to read the wheel of time when i did uh and that's my final thoughts and i will hand it over to josh i dig i think i'm finally past my hiccups (laughs) so i might be able to get through this okay um you know i was just talking about this earlier with the crystal barista um so go to the crystalbarista.com check that out because it's awesome um and we were talking about perspectives and point of views from book one all the way through the rest of the series and it's interesting because it was something that i hadn't really thought of prior to this because she mentioned how small and basic the world was and how kind of unappealing it was and i was like you know that's that's the point though the point was is that they came from a small unappealing backwater place and then the world just explodes into this huge cornucopia of cultures and languages and huge customs and traditions and all these different things that the Emmonsfield five god we love them but they're not prepared they're not and you know just us talking about this guys we can do this episode for four hours i mean oh i i might be surprised if we comment below comment below if you think we need to do a part two on this because we absolutely could um and, and the, the, the thing with the Customs of Courtesies, Robert Jordan did the most amazing job of writing well-thought-out, well-established cultures throughout the different 
lands and countries um, that we see. And it was absolutely, I think part of the genius in these books is leaving the reader scratching their head going, huh? When it comes to Aiel, but also, huh? When it comes to Ebu Dar, but also, huh? When it comes to the Shanchan, also, huh? When it comes to the two rivers, like, it's, it's, if you're not from that place, you always get a bit of, huh? What's going on here? Correct. And Robert Jordan did the most amazing job of doing that. So even if there's one culture that you can identify with, there's 15 others that you're like, I have no idea what they're doing. And I absolutely love it. I, I love it. The, yeah. the, even the small details of don't wear your hood up on your cloak in the borderlands amazing just absolutely amazing it's that, every that's a matter of national them, security but it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's stupid and insulting for other people who the, are there they're like is that the shadow oh, it's raining dickhead is that the dark so, friends act or the final Shadows thoughts act? on that yeah customs <laughs> and courtesies were <laughs> the shadow <laughs> Final thought on customs and courtesies of the Wheel of Time is that I think Robert Jordan did an amazing Make job. Make the Borderlands shadowless again. Oh. I, I would say this. Oh, you son of a bitch. I, I would get say, a sword with make the sh Borderlands shadow spawn. Jordan. <laughs> or shadowless again etched into the blade because yes. that sounds amazing. Yes! Um, <laughs> Robert Jordan is to cultures as Tolkien is, is to, to language. Yes! Oh, fuck yes! I thought you were going to say, like, that's trees. My, but... my <laughs> I mean, that also too. not wrong, but, like, also... <laughs> it's not wrong because it's inaccurate. It's just wrong because yeah, it's not what you meant. two different elvish languages <laughs> and a dwarven language and... and yeah, just whatever. How'd it go? No, no, wait, no. I said what I said. Yeah. How about Indeed. that, Legolas? <laughs> no. I mean, as, as I will as, die is one of them. Fuck, wrong language. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like Matt says that all the time. Skull <laughs> somebody language. Like, shit, wrong language. That was all tongue. My bad. What language are we speaking, Horn Sounder? <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> um. As much as uh, as we make a bunch of jokes about like some of the uh, some of the ludicrousy um, and just over the topness, which is saying the same thing essentially again uh, about customs and courtesies in the They've military. Got ludicrous speed. Yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, spaceballs! <laughs> Fucking Rick Moranis, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, Rick Moranis! Oh, that'd be great, Rick Moranis as uh, Jesus Christ He's superstar. He's a good guy, though. Rick is actually a longtime uh, fan of the show. So, Rick, if you'd like to come <laughs> and, and defend your position. Yeah. But um, <laughs> as much of a hard time as uh, I know I give customs and courtesy, uh, I make a lot of things like from my time in the military sound a lot worse than they actually were. Customs and courtesies were, weren't actually all that bad they served a purpose they helped uh enforce like structure and order in the military which is definitely what you need in uh any military service regardless of what nation or, or peoples uh, are a part of it um as proven by the uh, by the american revolution we were doing terribly 
and then a, a French commander came in and wrote the blue book uh, for the Continental Army and started forcing drills. And it's that rigidity, that structure, that formulaic response. Um, I almost made a joke that I'm not going to make. I'll tell you guys after recording. Remind me. Um, Will do. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> it's what makes uh, a fighting force of effective when we think about military-style customs and courtesies. But when you start looking around at how people do things in their Is day-to-day lives... Uh, yeah, that was Lafayette that wrote the Blue Book. Not to be confused with Operation Blue Book that investigated UFOs, which there's a whole hearing on that now. So go watch that because it could be interesting. Different. <laughs> completely different. Um, completely, completely different. different. Completely. <laughs> Customs and courtesies, uh, a lot of the times, to some extent, define regions and cultures. Um, it is the part. It is at the center of the debate over like the use of pronouns and people respecting people's preferred pronouns and people uh, giving validity to individuals' gender identity and things like that. These things are all part of cultures or customs and courtesies. Definitely, yes, part of cultures. But these things evolve, and you can look at the formulaic cultures or cu- every time customs and courtesies. To kind of disseminate and discern what makes a, a culture a culture. Uh, we joked about it earlier, the whole real southern aspect of honey, you can come in and have iced tea. Um, it was very quintessentially southern because it sounds like a southern custom. It sounds like a southern courtesy uh, that is predicated sounds on somebody. Like- I mean, it definitely is. Um, <laughs> On, on people acting a certain way with a certain level of respect, which I, I can 100, 100% believe was Robert Jordan's inspiration for how Leanne responded. Mm-hmm. But uh, these things are intrinsically more important in our everyday lives than people realize. And there's things that you do every day that are part of customs and courtesies of whatever nation or, or area of the nation you live in um, that, that make up why you do a lot of or, a fair amount of the things you do. So looking at how it's done in the will of time in a different world where the circumstances are different, the reasons are different, everything is different. Uh, I think it's just incredibly inherently fascinating because it's all inspired by stuff that Robert Jordan experienced in real life. Um, and of course, things that Brandon Sanderson experienced in real life when we get to the last three books. So, but yeah, there's just so much of it that, yeah, we could do and a lane's worth of episodes on it. So uh, we won't. We won't. We're not doing we five episodes on this. At least not back to back. But but we could. But we could. <laughs> well, and again, I think that that... I, I'm going to make one more final thought in response to yours. Because I think that it's very important to say. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I was done. I appreciate that. Um, is that, again, one of the reasons that we keep coming back to this series, one of the reasons that we have a podcast that is designed around this series, one of the reasons that we keep calling Robert Jordan a genius is not just because overall he's a good writer. That's part of it. Not because overall he is actually a very good world builder. That's part of it. But because you can do an Elaine level of episodes about almost everything there is so much that is packed into this book series that it is kind of mind-boggling we have over 150 episodes 
and we could still do 150 more about the all of the topics that we've already done. But we don't even need to. We just keep on coming up with new topics to go ahead and do episodes about. And and really, again, that is... It's not all tied to customs and courtesies. It's not all tied to cultures. It's not all tied to world building. But when it comes right down to it, that is why we are so focused on this series. That is why we keep calling Robert Jordan genius. Is because... There is so much meat in this series, and we continue to eat well on the meat in this series. And we will chew upon it. I love yeah. that. We will chew upon the succulent brisket. To eat well. And we will continue yeah. to eat well. And we hope that you continue to enjoy uh, us being able to eat well from the, the uh, series. There's another joke I can't make. Um, anyway. <laughs> Thank you. But you know what else is an we enormous curse? We will continue courtesy? to go down on the Wheel of Time, the series, and we will continue to eat go well. Go down and eat well. <laughs> well you know what else is a tremendous... Eat well. I am uneasy. Let's all find <laughs> North Harbor together! Uh, we're going to fight oh. if we're both looking for North Harbor in the same place at the same time. Um, I mean, there are there are multiple there are multiple Tarvalons. Find your find your own North Harbor. Um, <laughs> but you know what else is courteous? Whenever Fuck you're you. out with friends, whenever you're uh, out at work, whenever you're you chatting so with other people about the other time, being energized for the conversation. Very short again. Check out link below for ten percent off. W.gg. This is their new flavor, Beach and Peach. It is fantastic. New I highly recommend it to you. Especially if you like peaches and <sighs> pina coladas and getting caught if in the rain. Like pina colada and cracking a peach. But go check it out. Every time you use our discount code BTP or you use the link that automatically does the discount code for you, it does go uh, and help support what we do here at the podcast. And it does help what Dubby does in supporting um, energy, generalist energy, as well as a ton of gamers and other people uh, across uh, the internet that do some amazing things. We wouldn't recommend it if we hadn't tried it and honestly really like the product. So, which is why I should definitely, definitely get on reading the finer details of that Amazon, or not Amazon, of that details. Adam and Eve stuff. Definitely details, um, right? That's fair. Yeah. Definitely. But, definitely fish sticks on Tuesday. Yeah, but that's going to do it for us today. We hope that you enjoy the episode. I hope, or we hope, that you enjoy the new layout. Last week may look a little different from this week. We don't know because there may be some changes because uh, that change was made after recording. Let us know. And below. there may be some changes in the meantime, but hopefully you like the new layout of the videos a bit more. If you're listening live, don't worry. You will get to see that at nine o'clock in the morning because I'm definitely not trash at meeting <laughs> editing deadlines. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Go to our YouTube it. to see it. Go to our YouTube yeah. and subscribe to our yeah. YouTube. Yeah, go to YouTube. Do subscribe. We are at 555. We're hit, we hit triple nickel subscribers. So we're hoping to push that up uh, even further. And those the more are rookie we get numbers. That, we got to push those numbers up. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> the more of those we get, uh, the easier. Uh, if, uh, and sorry, um, not all live listeners, sorry, if you are of the sufficient here to get early access otherwise it'll be Correct. out yes. um 
for those of you listening live, it's going to be out this Friday, the 20th. Maybe I'll remember to edit that part out of the episode. Maybe I won't. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but it in so they know enough of all that. Out. We've kept you here long enough. We're almost at a two hour long ish episode uh, from all of us here at the Black Tower oh, podcast. Sure. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I have been Andrew, your Bajan Mahil. I have been Josh, your Sorovan Mahil. And I have been Daniel, your Aman Khan Mahil. And again, from all of us here at the Black Tower, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you are having a wonderful day, a wonderful morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon. Good night, success. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) We hope that you're having a good morning. Good afternoon. A great, great success. success. <laughs>